The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast now are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Saturday morning, March 18th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rachel. Once again, going solo for this pod, and it should be a fun one because we are going to be going through the semifinals in Indian Wells on the men's side. We ended up going through the women's matches yesterday, and I want to recap how we did on those. So starting off with the recap, ended up splitting. We ended up winning the lock and losing the dog, but we had the under 21 and a half games in the Swiatek match at minus 125 as Rabakana absolutely demolished her and won that match comfortably, almost a 6-0 in the second set. And then we ended up losing the dog. We thought that the Sakuri and Sabalenka match would be more competitive based on head-to-head matchups previously and just based on how... Sakari had been pretty prone to three setters uh, in this event, but unfortunately for us, Sakari got smacked. Uh, Sabalenka looked incredible, and as a result, you have a rematch of the Australian Open final taking place on Sunday between Sabalenka and Rabakina. We'll cover that match at some point tonight. I'm not sure if I'm going to go with a... I'm probably going to do a separate pod for both. I, I thought about maybe merging them together, but nah, I figured I might as well give each of them their own time to shine. So we'll have two podcasts later. Uh, one going through the men's final and the other one going through the women's final. And that's going to take us into Sunday, of course. But uh, overall, anytime you split the lock and dog, it is what it is. You'd rather sweep, but it's better than getting reverse swept. So we'll take the one and one and we'll look to move forward here, especially after that was the first uh, women's tennis podcast episode we've had in a long time. So, you know, I did my best to break it down and thought we had... A couple of value plays there. We were right about one of them, even though we kind of thought Swiatek would win the match comfortably. And instead, she got buried. But that's the beauty of betting total. Sometimes you can be completely wrong on the side, and you can end up winning anyway. And that's also why I talked about taking the under 21.5 games instead of Swiatek 2 nothing, because you have the hypothetical long-shot draw of the underdog winning in convincing fashion. And that way you end up having an extra chance of winning if you take the total instead of the 2 nothing, even though it was the same price. So there was some logic into taking the under instead of taking Swiatek 2 nothing, But Rabakina winning by that margin was re- really, really surprising to me. And I'm definitely not alone there. I feel like if you thought Rabakina was going to win, you probably thought that Swiatek would put up a bigger fight, and she did not. But either way, uh, once again, decent episode, uh, and we'll look to sweep here on a Saturday. But we are going to switch over to the men's side as we have two matches to go through as we have uh, Tiafo, who's kind of the surprise person in the semis, uh, even though he is American, uh, because you're looking at the other three guys, and I feel like nobody else is surprised. You have Medvedev, who in between complaining about the speed of the tennis courts continues to win, and he is a pretty big favorite here against Tiafo. And then you have Sinner taking on Alcaraz, which will be the biggest uh, next-gen rivalry for the next decade and change. These guys are incredible. They've had some phenomenal matches. You can argue that the U.S. Open match between the two of them uh, was one of the best matches in 
I'd say recent tennis history, you can argue potentially all time. I mean, that match was absolutely nuts, and Alcaraz ended up winning it in route to winning the U.S. Open. But the point is, we've seen these guys have really, really long battles, and we've seen a lot of high-quality tennis, and it does seem like Sinner and Alcaraz, once again, in case you forgot, Alcaraz is only 19 years old, and Sinner is only 21 years old. They're going to be really good for a really long time. And when they face off against each other, it's must-watch television. So I know I'm definitely going to be watching this match, uh, but it should be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to breaking that down. But I think you can kind of tell I don't really have much to actually stall with for this show because there's two matches. There's been a day off in between, so kind of all the momentum of recapping how each of the guys got here is kind of lost. I'll go through it briefly when we get into the individual matchups, but for the most part, not really any takeaways from the event so far. Medvedev got briefly injured against Zverev, but ended up coming back to beat Zverev, and then he beat Fakina in uh, straight sets anyway in the quarters, and we did lean to Fakina plus the games in that one. It was plus five, and that ended up winning. So I thought that it would be competitive. I guess that's why this price might seem, even though it's a pretty decent favorite at minus 390 for Medvedev, you can argue that it would normally be like minus 500, minus 600, but there are some concerns or reservations about people betting on him with the potential injury to his leg or foot. I think he's fine, but that's just something to keep in mind. But I'm not really going to stall time to get into the... Uh, outrights uh, for this event. Most of just the updated odds. Not going to take long because only four guys. But to look at the actual prices, Medvedev to win this event is around plus 125, give or take. Uh, you have Alcaraz to win this event at around plus 135. So, in other words, there's basically two, I don't want to say substantial favorites, but it does seem like it's going to be either Medvedev or Alcaraz based on how the odds are presented. Then if you want to go for any of the other two options, of course, you have Tiafo as the longest shot because he's facing off against Medvedev and then either Sinner or Alcaraz, and he's definitely the worst player here. But the point is Medvedev I just and Alcaraz, pretty decent favorites. Then you have Sinner at plus 450, and then you have Tiafo at 11-1. to 1. I understand if you want to maybe consider taking something on the just, you know, you see 11 to 1. It's eye candy. You know, you're tempted to take it. I don't think Tiafo is going to win this event. He does have a home court advantage uh, with the U.S. crowd behind him, but he's by far the worst player here. No offense to Tiafo. Uh, we know that he gave Alcaraz a run for his money in the U.S. Open last year before losing in five sets, but. I don't think he's good enough to beat any of these three guys, so I'm not going to pick Tiafo. I think you can make an argument for Sinner, because Sinner and Alcaraz have been very, very competitive in the head-to-head. In fact, it's currently 3-2. If you're including the matchup they had in 2019, where Alcaraz was roughly 16 or 15, and Sinner was roughly 17. If you want to include that, then you can, but Alcaraz won that one on clay in three sets. But you're looking at the matches they've had on the actual ETP circuit, and they've been competitive. Now, Alcaraz has won the two hardcore matches. You had the five-set thriller in the U.S. Open last year, and they played in Paris in the Masters 1000 in 2021, which Alcaraz did win 7-6-7-5. Sinner won the two matches in between, though, did win in Wimbledon in four sets, and did win in Umag in the title match, and he won that one in three sets. But the point is, these guys are pretty competitive. I think we could all see a world where Sinner does win. It's going to be a marathon either way, but the point is, I do think if you want to make a case for Sinner, 
I think you can make the case at plus 450. Do I think he's going to win the event? No. But I think if you're going to go with a long shot, Sinner would be my pick in theory. Tiafo at 11 to 1, I get it. Maybe you want to throw it into a futures parlay. Maybe you want to just throw something on it and root for the for tennis. You know, you can if you want, but I think you're wasting money, to be honest with you. But either way, if I had to pick a winner right now, I probably would pick... The thing is, Medvedev basically has a buy into the final because I really don't think Tiafo is going to beat him. But Alcaraz, I think if Alcaraz plays against Medvedev in the final, I think Alcaraz would probably have the edge. I think I'm going to have to lean to Medvedev in this one because I I can see Alcaraz or Sinner winning that match, but I really see a world where Medvedev wins comfortably against Tiafo. And I, I might have just spoiled my match breakdowns, but still, I think if I had to pick who's going to win right now, it would be Medvedev. But of course, we have a play on Medvedev pre-tournament, so we got much better odds there. So hopefully Medvedev ends up cashing. But we do have two outrights, though, still alive. We have Medvedev and Sinner pre-tournament. So we're, we have a 50% chance of winning this uh, this outright. So hopefully we get it done. Hopefully Medvedev plays against Sinner, and we automatically win. And at that point, we're just going to be celebrating. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but to look at anything else in terms of futures there is a prop available on Alcaraz to win the tournament without dropping a set and he has not dropped a set obviously in the matches leading up to the semis it's plus 450 I think that that's a little bit more appealing than taking him to win the tournament but I can see Sinner winning a set or maybe even winning the match so I think I'm going to pass on that at 450 if it was like seven to one or something, I'd probably consider taking it. But at 450, it's going to be most likely two difficult matches, so I'm going to pass on that one. But anyway, transitioning over into the actual match breakdowns, you have Medvedev against Tiafo as the early match. Uh, Medvedev is roughly minus 390 on the money line. Tiafo is plus 320. As for the spread, Medvedev is minus 3.5 games at minus 135. Tiafo is plus 3.5 games at plus 115. Medvedev to win in straight sets is minus 120. Tiafo to win a set is minus 110. And if you want to go for the games here, the over-under is 21.5. Over is minus 125. Under is plus 105. And if you want to go for an alt line, you can get 22.5. Over is even money. Under is minus 130. If you want to go for three sets, that is plus 155. And for the personal game totals here, Tiafo is over under 10 games flat, minus 120 to the over, minus 110 to the under. And uh, Medvedev is over 12 and a half games at minus 135 and under 12 and a half games at plus 105. So I already kind of alluded to it. I think Medvedev's going to win comfortably here to go through the head to head matches in their careers. Medvedev has owned them. He is 4 and 0. And I also have to point out that all four matches were on outdoor hard court, which is the exact same conditions as this. Now, they've not played. Uh, actually, sorry, they technically played five times. They played in 2015 on clay. Sure, I'm not going to factor that in. Sorry, if you want to, if you want to factor that in, or if you think that matters, but I'm obviously not going to factor it in. So they face off four times on the ATP circuit, and Medvedev is four and zero all on hard court. He's only dropped the set one time, and that was in 2020 Australia in the Australian Open. But they played in 2019 in DC. So basically in Tiafo's backyard, and Medvedev beat him anyway, 6-2-7-5. They faced off in Australia, and Medvedev beat him in four. Faced off in the U.S. Open in 2020, and Medvedev destroyed him, 6-4-6-1-6-0. And they faced off in Miami in the Masters 1000 in 2021, and Medvedev won that one, 6-4-6-3. But 
the only concern you have is Medvedev's injury, but he won a match and he came back against Zverev since he since he had the injury. He also had a day off or two because of the schedule, so I think Medvedev should be fine. Now, Tiafo's been good. He ended up beating Cam Nori to kill uh, our 7-1 long-shot quarter bet there on Nori, but... Nori doesn't have a good serve, and that was full on full display in that match. Tiafo's all over a service game the entire time. But he faced off against Giron, faced off against Kubler, faced off against Tiafo, and faced off against Nori. I'm actually kind of annoyed that, the, now that I think about it, they have Alcaraz to win the tournament without dropping a set. They just didn't offer Tiafo. Like, Tiafo's 11-1 to to win the event. If they had to, drop no, to not drop a set, it's obviously not going to hit. But what would that be? Like 40 to 1, 50 to 1? Like maybe I consider throwing something on that, but I don't see that available. Either way, point is Tiafo's been good. He has not dropped a set, but his best competition's been Nori and then arguably Giron. It hasn't exactly been the toughest uh, stretch of opponents for him. The Nori one's impressive, though. Like I'm not going to dismiss that, but he does have a glaring flaw, which is why I think Nori's a good player why he's not a great player, and why I think he's never going to win anything uh, in terms of hard-court, really just any Grand Slam events. The service isn't good enough. But anyway, point is, Tiafo did what he had to do. Medvedev has had a couple of difficult matches because he has struggled with the actual courts. Uh, Vashka went three, Zverev went three, and Fakina did go two, but it was 7-5 in the uh, second set. I do think at the end of the day, though, Medvedev will end up winning. Tiafo is a player who can keep rallies at a pretty long um just he can prolong rallies he's a guy who has pretty good movement he's able to keep the ball in play the issue though is that his shot selection is extremely suspect at times and that has been his undoing against Medvedev in the past Medvedev we know is going to be a wall he's going to keep the ball in play especially with these slow hard courts he's just going to try to play brick wall mode and I do think that Tiafo will have moments where maybe he can push Medvedev around the court, but Medvedev will keep the ball in play, and I do think you'll end up seeing Tiafo probably short-circuit on a couple of unforced errors, either from the forehand or the backhand side, and we know that mentally he'll throw in an awful drop shot every now and then. He'll get in his own head. If he'll double fault or he'll miss a very makeable shot, it might linger for a couple of points, and I just think that Medvedev mentally is a lot more reliable than Tiafo, and I do think you'll see Tiafo struggle as a result. He might have some moments early on, but I think eventually Medvedev's going to find his groove, and I think that Tiafo's going to have problems to mentally stay in this match. But for the games, I'm not sure if I'm fully in on the games, because I do think Tiafo could break Medvedev a couple of times, because we've seen Medvedev serve be a little bit a little bit vulnerable, and Zverev once again had like 20-something break points against him. Now, I do think Medvedev's going to be able to break Tiafo a decent amount, so I don't mind the over and breaks in this match. I think you'll probably end up seeing a decent amount of breakpoint chances for both guys. But I do think at the end of the day, you will see Medvedev get more um, out of his just style of play as opposed to Tiafo. And I do think that Tiafo, who can occasionally let it rip uh, from both wings, I think he's going to have a hard time uh, getting through Medvedev because of his length, his speed, and his consistency. And I think Tiafo eventually is going to be a ticking time bomb and probably fall apart at some point in this match. But I mentioned the breaks. If you want to go through the actual odds here, uh, you can find the breaks of serve at four and a half combined between both players. Overs even money, unders minus 138. Medvedev to break uh, four times is plus 150. And for him to break less than four times is minus 200. And Tiafo to break twice is even money. And for him to break 
uh, one time or zero times, it is minus 138. And I already mentioned it, but I will go through the matches for Medvedev once again. So Zverev broke him twice. He had a bunch of break points, roughly 20-something break points. Uh, looking at that Fakina match, though, uh, Medvedev won in straight sets, so I can't say that he was ever really in danger. 7-5 is never a fun time, though. That uh, means that set was definitely competitive. But to go through the actual serve numbers for both players in that match, Medvedev ended up not getting broken, but... He did have to face six breakpoint chances, and Fakina couldn't convert. But the point is, you have seen Tiafo, you have seen um, Tiafo be able to get deep into people's service games, and you have seen Medvedev be a little bit vulnerable in defending his serve. It hasn't mattered because he's able to break back almost regularly. But the point is, I do think Tiafo will have moments in this match to break, and I do think as a result, the even money for one and a half breaks is pretty tempting. And I do think there's probably some value on that. So I do think that's worth a play at even money, especially with us fading Medvedev serve the entire tournament. We keep winning on these props. So I'll keep doing it, uh, but I will go with Tiafo to break at least twice at even money. Does Medvedev break four times? Plus 150 is kind of tempting, but nah, I'm not sure if I'm in on it. Four and a half breaks in the entire match, though, for both players combined. Even money is also kind of tempting, but I think I'm just going to take Tiafo to break twice, especially if Medvedev has a chance of maybe flaring up with his foot, then maybe Tiafo might get a free break or two in there. But either way, I think Medvedev wins comfortably. I think he'll win 2 nothing. And if I had to guess the score, probably like 6-4, 6-4, maybe a 7-5 or 7-6 in there. But I do think Medvedev will win in straight sets. And moving on to the um, main match for me is going to be Sinner and Alcaraz. Alcaraz is around minus 175. Sinner is around plus 155. As for the spread, Alcaraz is minus 2.5 games and minus 110. Sinner is plus 2.5 games at minus 110. Alcaraz money line minus 175. Sinner's money line plus 155 uh, for the over-under 22.5 the over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. For personal games, Alcaraz is 12 and a half at minus 120 on the over, minus 110 to the under, and center is a flat 12 at minus 115 on both sides. If you want to go for some alt lines, Alcaraz minus three and a half games is plus 125. Center plus three and a half games is minus 155. And the over under for the alt line is 23 and a half. Over is plus 105. Under is minus 135. And if you want to go for sets, over two and a half sets is plus 120. The under two and a half sets is minus 150. So to go through the path of both players so far in this event, Alcaraz has looked really, really sharp. Really no way around it. I had some concerns about his injury and how he might have been rushing back from the hamstring issue leading into this event. And I was dead wrong because he has not dropped a set. Ended up beating Kokonakis in straight sets, beat Greeksborn in straight sets, ended up beating Draper in what would have been straight sets, but Draper retired down a break in the second set. And he had, he had a nice win there against Felix. First time ever beating Felix, actually. But he ended up winning that one. And Felix played well. I thought Felix looked sharp, but Alcaraz was a little bit sharper, and he won the match. And meanwhile, you're looking at Sinner. Sinner's look good, but he's had a couple of really, really competitive sets against some weaker players. Uh, beat Gasquet. In the straight sets, but did go to a breaker in the second set. Beat Manorino, did go to a breaker in the first set. And then I'm going 7-9 in the breaker, actually. Beat Warenka, 6-1, 6-4. 
Bit of a misleading scoreline there. Valorenko is actually pretty solid, especially in that second set. Sinner fought off a bunch of break points. Valorenko did threaten, and Sinner ended up not blinking. And he had the three-set win against Fritz. Not going to really roast Sinner for losing a set to Fritz there. Uh, he looked very good early. Then his level kind of uh, struggled a little bit, but he got back on track in the third. But it's Fritz's backyard. He's from California. He's a former champion. And I'm not surprised that match was competitive. I thought it would go three sets that I mentioned in the last podcast. But the point is, I do think you will end up seeing uh, both players bring the Ray game. And I think that it's one of those matchups, especially with the case when you witness a lot of rivalries throughout sports, especially tennis because it's 1v1. But you have, you know, Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, even Murray in there. When they face off against each other, you know they're going to bring their best most of the time. And I do think that Alcaraz and Sinner bring their best tennis against each other because they need to. So for this match, I do think it's going to be a bit of a coin flip. I think Alcaraz should be favored. I think 175 might be a little bit rich. I think it should be closer to minus 150. I like the over in this match. Uh, we saw both hardcore matches. One was a five-set thrower. The other one was a straight-set win for Alcaraz, but it was 7-6-7-5. But you're looking at 22 and a half games. I like the over there. I think you'll see both players at moments, and I think you'll end up seeing it probably go three sets. But plus 120, I don't think I can take it. It's kind of like that Fritz and Sinner match where I said I liked three sets, but it was plus 110. And at that point, you might as well take the over because you could still win if it goes to two long sets. So I'd rather take the over. I don't think 120 has enough value. I think if I was ever going to take an over two and a half sets match, I needed at least plus 130. I just feel like you're better off taking the games instead uh, in that case. But I think you'll see a war. I think Alcaraz probably wins, but I do think you'll see a very long match, and I think it's must-watch television. I know March Madness is going on, and I know that a lot of people are going to be watching college basketball. I get it, and I will definitely have at least one game on, but I do think I will have at least one TV that I'll be focused on that has the tennis, because Sinner Alcaraz... As far as I'm concerned, is one of the best head-to-head matchups you can get at this stage in tennis. I know you could argue Nadal and Djokovic, but truth is, we don't know how much Nadal's got left at this point, which is extremely sad to talk about. And I'm sure a lot of you listening are Nadal fans because of all of the great moments he's had in his career and how he's one of the best two players of all time. But I got to at least bring up here that Nadal is... I I know it's difficult to count him out because he's proven people wrong time and time again, it does feel like he's kind of on his last leg as being a serious elite contender. He'll be around for probably a a couple more years, but I'm not sure how much longer he has at being a serious Grand Slam contender. French Open's French Open. We'll see what happens because he's the best French... He's the best clay court player of all time by a wide margin. But the point is, Nadal against Djokovic at this stage... I think Djokovic would probably win most of their matches. If it's not on clay, Djokovic would kill him. But the point is, there's not many great head-to-head matches with top-tier guys or rivalries that we have at this point. You have a little bit of Medvedev and Tsitsipas, but I don't even think that's even in the same stratosphere as Sinner and Alcaraz. That U.S. Open match really, really put the world on notice that this is the rivalry to come for the next 10 years or maybe even longer, because once again, neither guy's 22 yet. Strap in. We might get 15-plus years of this, and I'll be watching each match. So that's kind of my brief thoughts there. I wanted to mention for Center Alcaraz, I think it is the next blossoming rivalry in tennis. I think it's arguably the second-best rivalry right now 
behind Nadal and Djokovic, just based on reputation. I still got to put Nadal Djokovic at one, but I'm not sure it's much of a rivalry because I think that Djokovic would smack them at this stage in their careers. But the point is, that's going to be a great match. I think blindly taking over in all future Sinner and Alcaraz matches is probably a smart move because I could really see both guys having moments in every match they play. But I'll go with the over, and I will lean to Sinner plus the games. I think Alcaraz is going to win, or I think he's going to have a great chance of winning. But if I think it's going three, then I got to take the games. because I think it's going to be a competitive match. But that's going to wrap it up for my actual previews of the semifinal matches in Indian Wells on the men's side for Saturday. But before I should get into the lock and dog picks, I want to have a quick word from our sponsor. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 with the state availability. And of course, for DGENs only out there, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So I'm going to choose from, and all I have to do is head over to WinBet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play women is available. Available. If you're somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping the uh, matches in Indian Wells on the men's side, but now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. So for the lock, I just mentioned it. It's actually the play that I just mentioned a second ago before break. It is going to be the over 22.5 games in the Alcaraz and Sinner match at minus 115. Simply put, I think we both know how good these guys are and how fun the matchups are against each other and all these matches have been competitive the you're looking at the the I'm, I'm if you want to even include the match when they were teenagers back in 2019 we'll include it so there's five head-to-head matches you've had each player win at least one set in four of the five head-to-head matches and the one exception was the hardcore match in paris which ended seven six seven five so each match has gone over this total and I think as a result, you'll end up seeing another marathon match. Sinner's been hitting the ball extremely hard in this event, and his serve has gotten significantly better, which definitely helps out, especially with that being his main issue for the last couple of years. And I do think that Sinner should be able to hold a little bit more easily than he has in the past against Alcaraz. Alcaraz also had a bit of a mental block against Sinner before the U.S. Open, where he had a hard time of converting breakpoint chances. He had a bunch of breakpoint chances all the time, but he was never able to convert until that U.S. Open. But still, I do think at the end of the day, you'll see both players probably win a set. And I do think even if they don't, 7-6-6-4 is a pretty realistic scoreline for these players. And I do think that with that being an over anyway, that's going to be a good value play. So for me, my lock is going to be the over 22.5 games at minus 115 in the Sinner and Alcaraz match. And for my dog, I have a couple of options, but I think I'm going to go with the choice that I'm sure a lot of you kind of figured out at this point. I am going to go with the over one and a half breaks of serve in the Tiafo and Medvedev match at, at even money. I think one and a half at even money is a pretty good price, and we've seen Medvedev struggle with his serve throughout this event. Uh, he's held most of the time, but he has had a decent amount of 
difficult or stressful situations. Now, I will concede, historically speaking, Tiafo has not had the most success against Medvedev serving-wise. Uh, he has broken one time in... Uh, let me just do the math here. He's broken at least one time in each of the five head-to-head matches. So they have had, he's had some success against Medvedev serve. He hasn't had many breakpoint chances, but it's mostly just combining the history between these two guys and how Tiafo has been able to break in every match with the fact that Medvedev has been battling an injury and he's really struggled with the speed of the courts or the lack thereof. And I do think you'll end up seeing Tiafo be able to get deep into some service games for Medvedev. And I do think Medvedev will probably do the same to Tiafo, but I think even money is just a good deal. I'm looking at Tiafo's numbers in or stats in this event in particular, and he has broken at least three times in each of the four matches in Indian Wells so far. Now, yes, it is much weaker competition, but still the point is three plus breaks in every match. It tells me that is he's been seeing the ball well in the returning area, and I do think he'll end up being able to do a good job of pressuring Medvedev's service games. And to look at Medvedev's stats, which I have gone through pretty much round by round, Fakina did not break last match, but he did have six breakpoint chances. Zverev went two for 17, so he still had two breaks, but he had 17 chances. Avashka broke two times. He had seven breakpoint chances. And Nakashima went 0 for 6. So each of Medvedev's first four opponents in this event have had at least six breakpoint chances. And with that being the case, I do think there's going to be value on one and a half breaks of serve at even money. So that's why I'm going to take it. So if that loses, would I be shocked? No. But I think Tiafo should have probably at least four breakpoint chances. And if that's the case, I do think there's going to be value at even money. So once again, the lock and dog for the show are going to be the over 22 and a half games in the Alcaraz center match at minus 115 as the lock. And the dog will be the over one and a half breaks of serve for Tiafo at even money. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Also, you can find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, which is now also doing weekends. We will be doing Saturday and Sunday, so keep an eye on that. I already mentioned it before earlier in the show that I will be doing two episodes tonight. I will be doing the women's final and the men's final. The women's final might end up being released, I'd say, at a reasonable hour. Uh, the men's final is going to be a lot later because i got to wait for the actual men's matches to end. Alcaraz Center is supposed to start at around 5.20, but let's be real, the Tiafo medvedev match should take a decent amount of time. So I think you'll probably see the Alcaraz-Sinner match start closer to 7, 8 o'clock on the, on the East Coast. So I think you'll probably see that podcast episode get dropped relatively late. But the women's match is already, de- the women's match is already decided, so I might end up doing that episode in the middle of the afternoon. So keep an eye on that, but there will be two more tennis episodes coming out within the next 24 hours. But that's going to wrap it up. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.